Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Sarah Kleiner, who is the carnivore yogi. I learned of her work through my dear friend, Petra Davalier, who's also a physician and naturopathic doctor. And Sarah is an amazing woman on a mission to share how we are quantumly wired. And so I hope you enjoy this part one of our conversation. I loved connecting with her so much. Um, We needed to get this podcast in before her baby is being born any minute now. She is having her child at 43 and she shares her journey and who she is. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk and connect. Yeah, absolutely. So you have an awesome Instagram presence. So I got to know your work through that angle. And then we have a mutual friend, Dr. Petra Dorfsman, or now Petra Davalier. And she's a dear colleague and friend. She's a naturopathic physician. She now lives in Hungary with her partner, Laszlo Boros. And they are experts in the field of deuterium depletion, which is still very, you know, misunderstood, still not press around it. But it's, you know, such a, the more I, come to what are the common denominators of why people are so sick right now, this seems like a big one. So we had all these different um, paths uh, connecting us. And so let's just maybe start um, and kind of our introduction to your work. You know, how did you become the carnivore yogi? Um, it was kind of a joke. Honestly. <laughs> I've been a yoga. It was a total joke. I've been, I've been a yoga teacher for 13 years and uh, I started having a lot of health issues. Probably 2019 was the worst year with my gut issues or 2018 was the worst year with my gut issues. Cause 2019 is when I actually was able to resolve a lot of that. But, you know, I was heavily involved in the yoga community. I wasn't plant-based at the time. I was eating like mostly plants and a little bit of meats just because I thought that I needed to just pound the fiber for my gut. You know, that's the healthy thing to do. Lots of variety. And I was just miserable. I was just totally miserable. And I was, I was actually in a yoga class, just like, (laughs) I can't do this anymore. My body's hurting. My joints are hurting. Everything's hurting. And a friend of mine, who's actually a functional medicine doctor, she said, you know, I could run a bunch of labs on you, but I think a lot of what's going on is just that you need to change your diet and let's see if that helps. I've been doing this carnivore diet thing for five months and it's, I've never felt better. So why don't you try it? And I was like, you're completely insane. There's no way I'm going to do that. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, like most people when they hear about that. And then I got to a, just a point of desperation because I couldn't practice. I was teaching all the time and I just couldn't do yoga the way I wanted to. And so I woke up in, you know, January 2019 was like, fine, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to do it 30 days. I'm going to, I can do anything for 30 days. Well, By two weeks past, my stomach had completely flattened. You know, I had been walking around looking pregnant for months and months and months. I'd actually had people ask me if I was pregnant, which is not something you want someone to ask you if you're not actually pregnant. Um, Yeah. (laughs) When you are pregnant, you kind of want people to think you're pregnant, but when you're not pregnant, you don't (laughs) want that. So (laughs) I had had that so much. And finally I had a flat stomach. 
finally all the discomfort was gone. Um, and then I had a great benefit with my mental health too. I felt like this huge fog lifted off, off of me. So what had turned out was going to do 30 days ended up being two years yeah. of just strict carnivore, you know, 2021, I started playing around with adding in foods and now I eat a more varied diet. I still eat very meat-based and make sure I get a lot of meat and wild seafood. I'm more along the lines of like what Dr. Jack Cruz prescribes. I'm a big fan of Cruz and, and a lot of his work. And so mm-hmm. I do things in a more leptin friendly way. I'm a little obsessed with the hormone leptin right now and yeah. uh, finding that looking at things through that, those eyes helps people. But my whole profile and my page started as a joke because I was sitting there thinking, God, I've never felt better. I'm surrounded by all these vegan yogi people. What if I became the carnivore yogi, you know, and just started my my Instagram as a joke. And yeah. it just, yeah. it has evolved into something I never thought it would, um, which is really cool. It's kind of my full-time gig now is, is uh teaching courses and helping people. And uh, it's been a really cool journey. That's the uh, the origin story, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've listened, you know, and I'm so glad that you um, have had this profound experience. And, you know, I, I know we're not diving so deep today, but I want to just introduce a few things that you just uh, shared because I saw recently all over your Instagram, all about leptin. And honestly, yes. you know, I see a, line, a lot of Lyme and biotoxin illness and a lot of mold illness. I've been doing this for 12 or 13 years now. And, you know, we, we've been tracking, right? Leptin and a lot of our patients mm-hmm. and especially a lot of our female patients that there are those um, women, and, you know, men too, but women in the mold and biotoxin world who mm-hmm. become very inflamed and very yes. um, not their, you know, ideal weight. Let's just say that way. Yes. I have this one dear patient who you know, you look at her and then you look at her picture before and she's, you know, quite overweight compared to what she used to be. And I know leptin resistance is a huge part mm-hmm. of her inability to be at her optimal weight. But when you Google, you know, Dr. Google leptin, like there's not a lot to do. Like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of tools like an insulin resistance world or, you know, looking at sugar, you know, leptin, I think is still widely misunderstood and it being Mm -hmm. a pituitary kind of top down driver of metabolic regulation. So I was so thrilled. I'm like, Oh, someone, (laughs) someone just figured out leptin. Like I I have to learn about this. So um, I know we're not going to be able to go through all of it in the time we had, but maybe high level, like, why did you become so leptin obsessed? Uh, fertility. I wanted yeah. to get pregnant, uh, in my forties and I was, I had had two miscarriages mm-hmm. was starting IVF and someone said to me, you know, I, I had actually just met Dr. Cruz and interviewed mm-hmm. him for my podcast. And it was Dr. Cruz that started talking to me about leptin. And he said, you know, leptin's are fertility hormone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why have I been through all of that? What I've been through, I'm about to jump into IVF and no one will test my leptin. No one will test it. No one will tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. And so that's when I started studying again, kind of under Dr. Cruz, under a lot of his protégés. I started, I got my own leptin tested because no one would do it because there's no drug for it. So yeah. a lot of times if there's no drug for it, your doctor endocrinologist is like, <laughs> we can't do it. Yeah. And so you can go, you can just go online and get your own leptin drawn at a lab core request. You just pay for it yourself. So that's what I did. 
found out I had really low leptin, um, which is not super common. Most of the time people are very elevated, but low Mm -hmm. and high leptin both are going to directly affect your fertility. Mm. Um, so then I kind of just said, okay, I've got to figure out how to fix this for myself. And so that's when I became heavily involved in circadian biology, quantum physics, connected with a ton of people in the quantum biology world, got certified to be a quantum health coach. And just, I was just hungry for the knowledge, um, started, trying to figure this out from, because a lot of the biohacking circadian stuff is tailored for men. And mm-hmm. so I was like, how can I do this for a woman? How can I cold plunge? How can I do sauna? How can I do red light? How can I eat it? And how can I still do some fasting and get some autophagy without again, tanking my leptin more doing it in a way that's supportive to my hormones so that I can get pregnant And so I just became really obsessed with it. And then that's how I kind of fell into understanding deuterium because it's all, you know, it's all in that kind of world and in that umbrella, but I really wanted to see it for a woman and then a woman who wanted to conceive. And so I truly think to this day, you know, I did the two rounds of IVF. They didn't work. Ended up conceiving without IVF, without, you know, the, the stuff, because I feel like I tackled all this other stuff, you know, it takes 60, 90 days for you to regenerate eggs. You know, you can do it. I truly firmly believe it. So by the time I had started doing all this stuff, I was already underway with IVF. Um, So I think that's one of the reasons it wasn't successful, but yeah, so that's, that's really how I became so leptin obsessed. And then I, I saw so many women, especially I have a lot of women over 40 that come to me and uh, 40 plus is my sweet spot with people who want advice from me. And there, I would say most of them are leptin resistant and you can be leptin resistant before you're insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's just one of those things like no one talks about, no one really truly understands it, but it is a key fertility hormone. And mm-hmm. so that's how I, that selfishly, <laughs> I had to understand it for myself. Well, you know, I, I'm a firm believer and we teach what we want to learn. And there's a whole, um, you know, divine probably timing for you to learn this. So you can share this with others. Cause you know, we're at a, we're, I mean, this is a, I would say our fertility is in crisis, it's a right? crisis whether, major yeah, crisis. Whether you're, you know, a young at fertility, you know, optimal age, or because, you know, a modern life, you know, women are conceiving later and mm-hmm. it's and harder and harder because of you know, the impact of, you know, the environment and this, um, as you are, you know, so aptly shared, you know, we're so disconnected from the natural rhythms of the, of, you know, how nature intended to, to exactly. you know, live, right? So we have to spend an enormous amount of effort and education to understand, you know, really what's the core of how we're wired, right? And so, yeah, um, no, I, I love how your journey led this. And, um, you know, with, the time that we have, I, I feel like we can give people some more information on leptin if it feels right to you. So you mentioned you were, um, you know, you had low leptin. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people who have high leptin. High. I've been, um, 
honestly, using Dr. Shoemaker's still his leptin range, I'll go on surviving mold. He, he wrote that book like in 2010, I think. And um, he, you know, was tracking leptin in the mold illness community. And so um, he looks at the HPA axis being on, mm. you know, dysfunctional after mold or Lyme. And so that was my, you know, um, understanding, but as I mentioned before, it just, it didn't go very much anywhere other than, oh, like if there's a mold issue, we clean that up, but that doesn't always solve that problem. And so right. he has an optimal range for depending on how old you are. Um, do you, what's your ideal range, you know, for leptin at this juncture in time? I think seven to 10 is okay. usually what I look at. Mine was yeah. a four okay. and I was, yeah, I, I was overweight with a four, which was crazy yeah. I, because yeah. once I worked on fixing my leptin, I dropped 30 pounds without trying. That's and then it. I realized I was really was onto something with this whole leptin thing because yeah. I had been trying to knock this weight off. I'd been carnivore, keto, low carb fasting, you know, that was probably part of the problem. So the fasting, you know, restriction I was doing, but that 30 pounds just fell off once I got my leptin, but into that range between seven and 10. And that's usually where I see a sweet spot for people. So yeah, I don't know how, what his range is, but that's usually what I see. Yeah. I think it's not as tight as that, but that's really interesting. Um, So, and you mentioned, you know, there's you know, I, I under like as a naturopath, I understand the power of fasting, but mm-hmm. in the American culture, we tend to, you know, do everything too much. Too much right? You know, so God bless the fasting people. I love them dearly, you know, but there is, you know, I think too much of a biological mm-hmm. stress if that's sustained. I think, you know, fasting, you know, there some of my friends think that there should be a 24 hour a 24 hour fast at least once a week which uh, in modern life is very hard, you know, and very stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your take on fasting at this time? I think if someone has leptin resistance, either too low, especially, or too high, Mm -hmm. they should not do fasting until they get it into a better range or are doing like a leptin reset program, kind of like what I have for at least six weeks. Right. So I want people eating the breakfast, seeing sunrise, getting a nice, you know, protein, fat breakfast, stabilize the blood sugar, see sunlight, natural sunlight in the mornings, do those types of things every day, right? Mm -hmm. Cut your eating window off four hours or so before bed. So you're still getting some fasting in there. And then I think once you do that for, you know, four to six weeks, your appetite does start to naturally regulate. I think a lot of people, it starts to regulate within the first couple of weeks where they're like, I didn't need to have lunch today. I just had the two meals or I just wasn't as hungry. And I'm like, yeah, that's because your leptin is regulating, you know, and the more dysfunctional somebody is, the longer that they're going to probably need to follow a routine like that. But I think eventually you can add some fasting in there, but it should always be more on a circadian kind of time, like always eat the breakfast to keep your leptin and, you know, stay leptin sensitive. And if you want to start skipping dinner, then great. You know, I think that that's the dinner skipping is okay, but it's also something you got to be careful of. You don't want to do it too much because again, then you're going to just stress out your body too much and get in yeah. a, in a worse off situation. So yeah. it's super individual. I'm not, mm-hmm. a lot of people think I'm anti-fasting. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I just think that, um, um Mm-hmm. It has to be done with a lot of nuance and a 24 yeah. hour fast once a week, I think 
Cause I was doing that for, I was doing that until I found out I had the low leptin. Cause I, I was yeah. following this other doctor that said I needed to be doing that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's when I got my leptin test back. I was like, Oh, that's yeah. probably not good. <laughs> so. yeah, breakfast is back, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. I love it. So no, that, that's super insightful. And then Sarah, how about, you know, with your fertility journey, you know, I'm just curious, were there any other hormones that seem, you know, when we think about, you know, fertility and um, we look at women, of course, more than men mm-hmm. as a culture, even though we shouldn't be looking at both, of course. So with that being controlled, you know, for women, um, you know, we're really focused on the sex hormones, right? So we're yeah. really focused on estrogen and progesterone and maybe the thyroid and the adrenals. Um, but were you having any symptoms along those lines um, before you discovered leptin was really um, the root of? potentially the fertility issues? I had a slight estrogen dominance. You Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't like major, major, but I definitely had some estrogen dominance when I would look at that profile towards the end of the month and a little bit of low progesterone. Um, You know, typical of being in your 40s, you're going to start to have a little bit of lower progesterone. Um, Mm -hmm. My testosterone was actually very low, believe it or Mm -hmm. not, um, and low Mm -hmm. DHEA. And so a really cool thing that happened once I started kind of looking at things through the eyes of leptin, circadian biology, red light therapy, cold plunging, I was able to get my testosterone from like a five up to, I think it got up to like maybe almost a hundred. It was, it was like, I naturally just, and I did cold plunge, like, you know, so I, I, yeah, like yeah. Net ice plunging. I did all that with nuance because you can't, yeah. you can overdo that and cause damage with, with women. But, yeah. you know, red light therapy, cold plunging, grounding, outdoors, hiking, yeah. um, proper meal timing was able to get my testosterone and DHEA to normalize. But those were like rock bottom and they had mm-hmm. been for years. I remember mm-hmm. testing testosterone and DHEA when I was in my mid thirties because I was just tired and you know, just feeling very fatigued all the time. I was probably teaching too much and working Mm -hmm. out too much, all the things that you do and you, but uh, it had been low for years. And I think that could, that was also really affecting egg quality because DHEA is, it does help with the egg quality. So I was able to, to do that naturally. Now, if you're over 45, 46, 40, you know, late forties, I think it's a little harder to do that, but you know, being 41, 42, I was able to do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, here you were with a leptin of four mm-hmm. and now you're about to give birth to a beautiful baby any day now. I'm so glad yeah. this time worked out for us. Um, how long did that take to get from understanding your leptin was really at the root of this to conceiving your baby? Are you having a boy or a girl? A boy. Yes. Oh, it's a little boy. Oh, wow. Yes. And you know, Very they talk sad. about, I mean, not to stereotype, but women after 40 are often saying, you know, like girls are more, you know, um, common than boys. Oh, and really? It's like a little probably wives tale, but, um, so that just shows also like the robustness of your genetics, um, and your SNP, you know, expression right now. Um, so yeah, that's really amazing. So, so yeah. How long did it take you? I started all of this stuff probably September of last year. And then we did the IVF, uh, it finished IVF end of October. And then I just said, I'm not doing any more treatments. I'm not going anymore. And we conceived in January. So 
Yeah, I started doing it, all the circadian stuff, all the leptin stuff again, September. I started cold plunging in October and then I stopped cold plunging for my two week wait in January because you don't want to cold plunge <laughs> when you want a baby to implant. Yeah. Like it's not going to, your white blood cells are going to be elevated. It's going to be too, like your body's going to say, we can't have a baby. We're going to be frozen. Yeah. Um, so I might've been able to conceive earlier if I hadn't been cold plunging the whole month of December, the whole yeah. month of November. I don't know. But it yeah. kind of occurred to me in January, I was like, I probably shouldn't cold plunge in my two-week wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's, that yeah. was pretty much the time frame. Nice, nice. Well, what, well, what a blessing. We're all thrilled for you. And I you. so appreciate you sharing your story. And, you know, there are many women, you know, in my practice and I shared with you and I shared with my listeners, you know, the my own journey that I've been on. And so, no, I... I definitely want to do, you know, a, a part B with, you know, deep diving into like, where does deuterium fit, you know, in the story yes. that you, well, you everything is yeah. deuterium depleting that I yeah. did. Yeah. You know? Right. But, I mean, yeah. all these lifestyle, I mean, like <laughs> the water, the deuterium depleted water is a big intervention with deuterium depletion, but right. at the same time, there's all these lifestyle, lifestyle, carnivore diet, the circadian biology, you know, the, um, probably the cold plunging, I don't cold know. Cold plunging and red yeah. light therapy are both yeah. deuterium depleting. Yeah. Yep. So and grounding. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's just this, you know, we make things harder than they need to be in a lot of ways in life, right? That's the human experience. But, you know, nature is a naturally deuterium depleting, yes. you know, um, cycle, right? And we just yes. interfere with that every day, all the time. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. I know. I know when I explain deuterium depletion to people, I'm like, we naturally deplete deuterium. But we're overexposed to it and we've screwed up all of our mechanisms to deplete it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like it's really exactly. a, a simple equation. And if you're, this is the first time you're listening and hearing about deuterium, I've done a podcast with Petra um, a few years ago and she's a, an expert as, as well as Dr. Borosh. And um, it basically plugs up your nanomotors and your mitochondria depleting ATP and metabolic water. And so you are in this it just a foundational cellular machinery defect yes. you know, happening. So um, it's not a small thing. It's a big thing. So exactly. So Sarah, I'll definitely have you back, but I want you to um, share with our listeners. I think you have a new leptin supplement that I'm super curious about. And then you have also oh, yeah. a bunch of um, courses that people can, you know, continue to learn more about your work and be guided uh, by you. So please share that with the audience. Yeah. Um, so I do have, I think lifestyle is trumps everything. So I have a 21 day leptin reset that has gotten a ton of great feedback. I've had a, I have a ton of great testimonials on there. I just have a ton of courses. If you're not necessarily concerned with leptin, I've got hydration, one about how to make your winter more friendly and boost your immune system using a lot of natural modalities like this. I have courses on how to reset your circadian rhythms, even if you have small children live in a Northern latitude, do shift work. I have, <laughs> yes, live, I have a ton of people in Seattle actually yeah. that have come to me. So yeah, yeah I have well, courses for you name it. Very deficient in a lot of things here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, um, the leptin supplement is something that is newer on the radar to me. Um, but I have been experimenting with this supplement with a few beta testers. It's 
going to be retail in November, but it's available right now for distributors only. And it's been shown in double-blind placebo studies to actually lower serum leptin levels in women that are about 40 years old. That was the, that was the group. Yeah. There was two groups. One group took the supplement. One group didn't. It's uh, amino acids, plant proteins, essentially. So it's very safe. There's no caffeine in it. Safe for breastfeeding. I'm going to be taking it breastfeeding. But the women that took the supplement lost double the weight and their serum leptin levels went down tremendously. And the women that didn't, they still lost weight, but they didn't have the change in leptin. So yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, And I've got all that. Yeah, I've got it all linked to my bio. I'll contact your people. I distribute stuff. So I'm super curious about that. Yeah, I can send you some stuff because it's, yeah, I'm talking to a few doctors right now and I have a few doctors that are like super excited. I send them the study and they're like, what? (laughs) So it's really cool stuff. I know that's really, really cool. So, well, thank you so much for um, sharing your journey and your incredible work. And we wish you all the best for your birth and your labor and meeting your baby boy. And we, I I can't wait to connect with you on the other side of having your child. So thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Sarah Kleiner, the carnivore yogi. Please connect with her in all the ways that are listed in our show notes. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, I am so grateful for the time and energy it takes to write a note on iTunes and share your experience with a review. And if you've been wanting to learn more about how I practice in my clinic and how we transform lives through this combination of bioregulatory medicine meets quantum coherence medicine, please check out our website, eminencehealth.com, and we would love, love, love to transform your lives through this amazing journey on how we truly heal. Thank you so much for listening. I so am honored to be, for you to be in my community. Have a beautiful day.